Come with me and be my love. Worlds of theater, the earth, a stage, which God and nature do with actors fill. To be or not to be, I there's the point. Just like a bed to a summer's day. Wherefore means why. Welcome to an actor's Shakespeare. Opinions. Research. Findings. Thought. New perspectives. Old. Prejudices re-examined. Just the contemporary ravings of an Elizabethan theatrical lunatic. Shakespeare. An Actor's Shakespeare, Episode 1, The Authorship Silliness. Hello, my name is Greg Robin-Smith, and I am your host. Prologue. Welcome to An Actor's Shakespeare, Episode 1, The Authorship Silliness. Who wrote the plays of Shakespeare? It's kind of like asking who is buried in Grant's tomb. The question some people have is, could William Shakespeare, the son of a Stratford Glover, have written what we now regard with respect and awe as the Shakespearean canon. About 38 plays, plus 150, plus sonnets, that some say are some of the best plays, poetry, expressions of the human spirit, and examinations of the soul that have ever been expressed in the English language. A movie and a few books... Some websites, some scholarship, some podcasts and articles ask that question and pose alternate authors. In this brief episode, 13 minutes left, we are going to try and hit the heart of the matter and squish it. This is part one of who knows how many episodes on that issue. Act one, the authorship question revolves around some oddities of history. There would probably not be many questions if more records had been kept, if Shakespeare had written an autobiography, kept detailed records, left drafts of the plays, cataloged his reference library, and documented his process. Most of the doubt would not exist. I humbly submit that some still doubt the moon landings, the roundness of the earth, and the fact that it might be more than 5,000 years old, and who, if anybody, shot John F. Kennedy. You will never convince everyone of one truth. Hey, Thomas Jefferson thought we would all be Unitarians within a generation or two after the Revolution. And you can see how that turned out. And he was really smart and well-educated. But because there is no pile of records showing Shakespeare writing about the plays he wrote, or drafts of his plays, we are left with simply the folios, quartos, and diary entries and writings of his contemporaries, and no hard evidence of anyone else claiming to have written them. All that exists are the records that name Shakespeare as the author, poet, playwright. Some say his name is used as a cover identity in a clever conspiracy to hide the true author, poet. Playwright Edward de Vere, the Earl of Southampton, Queen Elizabeth, Francis Bacon, or Zog from the planet Extranite Pisoth. Well, I made that last one up, but now that I said it, there will be Believers, get your Zog from the planet Extra Night Pipe. Fysoth is the real Shakespeare t-shirts here. Look on our Cafe Press interactive history store. The central theme of the argument against Shakespeare writing the plays seems, to the best of my reading of their literature, is that the plays are too good, too detailed, too expert on too many subjects for someone like Shakespeare to have written them. It would be like Joe the Plumber inventing faster-than-light travel, or a financially challenged single mom writing the Harry Potter books. Yep, Harry Potter must have been really written by Margaret Thatcher. Oops, maybe not. End. Act 1. 
Act 2. The Benefit of Skepticism I must thank the anti-Stratfordians for a couple of things. But first, anti-Stratfordians are those who do not believe that William Shakespeare of Stratford-upon-Avon, hence anti-Stratfordians, Hey, anti-strats, thank you for highlighting some other people we should know about. Lord Cecil, Edward de Vere, Lord Burley, Bacon, Abdi Francis Bacon, not Bacon, 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 Southampton, etc. These names are things that we should know. Studying these folks is a goodly thing and right proper. And skepticism is healthy. We shouldn't just accept things handed to us, be it an act of Congress that uses the terms like patriot, anything, thinking, hey, it has patriot in its name, it must be good law, or an overly, overly simplistic and unchallenged, it was Columbus who discovered America. There are subtle aspects to history that are important to explore, consider, contrast, compare, and discuss. Great! Thanks for your scholarship and the introduction to some fascinating individuals. But about your conclusions, are you drunk? End of Act 2. Act 3. My Perspective. Well, that wasn't polite. Maybe they were forced. Skepticism is good. But the issue I have centers on their central argument. That Shakespeare couldn't have written the plays and poems he is credited with because, well, he didn't have the education, the nobility of birth, the character-building benefits of travel, that intelligence and talent only comes from privilege. I guess. I do not agree with this premise, but what follows here is where I do agree that it is good to examine the works and look for others' hands. At least in some cases where I hope it was someone else that wrote particular sections, because they really aren't that good. If you buy an edition of Shakespeare, and say the Oxford Complete Works, second edition edited by Stanley Wells et al., a very good collection, and then Imagine yourself back in the late 16th century, that's the late 1500s, and examine the process of writing and creating the plays, adapting others' works in two plays, scribbling out the sides, the individual parts, having actors rehearse them, change things during the rehearsal, perform, adapt, change, do new versions, and then years later a bunch of your actors sit around and quote their parts as best as they can remember them to ascribe who writes down what he hears, then give that to a typesetter who composes his sorts into frames, making mistakes, correcting, perhaps improving, air quotes, what was written, guessing sometimes what was meant, printing it out, then handed to centuries of readers, players, editors, and scholars, eventually getting down to us and that edition of Oxford, second edition by Stanley Wells. I have a hard time believing that every word, stage, direction, spelling, and pronunciation of every play in it is exactly as our man from Stratford Put it down. I know the plays I have written have had thousands of edits and changes from its first finished draft till the current one available, available through Amazon.com Amazon. and Kindle, the play to each their own. And I wrote those using a word processor, spell check, and formatting tools. And now it's going out to workshop productions where it'll change some more. There will never be a definitive edition. So I can well believe that Billy Boy's works, as we have them, may be adaptations, variations, and otherwise altered versions of what he composed. And I also agree he may have stolen 
certainly was influenced by the works that came before. Chaucer, Gower, the classic plays of Euripides, Aristophanes, and the church cycle plays, as well as what Kit Marlowe, Thomas Haywood, Ben Jonson, et al. were doing in this explosive time of this new entertainment form, legitimate theater. These playwrights stole from everyone, including each other. It's like Burger King and Jack in the Box. One comes up with a sourdough sandwich with double bacon. The other goes with a Kaiser roll with triple bacon and a twist of lemon. Plagiarism and variation are the sincerest forms of flattery. So what you see in that book on your shelf is really a best guess at what was done. I agree that Shakespeare did not dot every I and serve every squiggle of a T. He probably just wrote all the best parts. Where I get off the anti-strat train, and it is pretty much just as it is leaving the station, is over the word can't or couldn't. Shakespeare could not have written the plays for... And then the list of reasons start. No library mention in the will. No proof he was educated. No proof of legal education. Too much language showing a deep understanding of politics, law, medicine, geography, military life, finance. For anyone of Shakespeare's race, I mean background, to be capable of it. It must have been someone else. De Vere, for example. And then, and then gets listed the many, and I must admit, some interesting factoids about other candidates for president of the Anyone But Bill Asbard fan club. But the words could not are what anger me. As a student of history, I see the word can't, and cannot, and could not, and impossible many times. It has been said that humans could not ever run a four-minute mile. We cannot travel faster than 40 miles per hour in any mechanical device because we could not breathe. Blacks can't be educated. Women can't be trusted with the vote. It's all the same pile of ignorant, prejudicial poo. Anything that limits belief in the power of the human spirit to excel is to be suspected be it a law, a practice, or a philosophy. Since all the hard evidence that exists, not conspiracy theories, actual period references, state William Shakespeare, playwright, and no period reference has ever stated, Hey, that De Vere, did you hear he wrote a play called Hamlet? What a hoot f! Then I feel confident that... That was the period understanding of who wrote them, or the vast majority of them. Sweet William may not have written 100% of what we have, but certainly he wrote enough for period folks to credit them to him, thereby leaving an historical record we can see and touch. It's like saying Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence. When Ben Franklin and John Adams were friendly editors, changing a few terms here and there, and the rest of the Continental Congress ripped out about a quarter of it, but we rightly credit Tom with the whole we hold these truths things, which he drafted from a lifetime of study of other enlightened authors. As far as the other candidates, England's top playwright, what physical evidence is there laying the credit or blame of the plays anywhere else? What's that sound? The sound of no reply? 
Now this act has got to end. So endeth act threeeth. Twelve minutes, three to go. Act four. One book I wish every anti-strat man would read is Leo Tolstoy's Tolstoy on Shakespeare. If they did, they might not be so anxious to claim that their boy had anything to do with this trash. Leo takes the plays, the language, the plots, the characters, except Falstaff, to task as non-art, single-voiced, unrealistic mouthpieces for unintelligible dribble out of a talentless hack. And that's for the parts he likes. Now, this is only my gut speaking here, but do you think that there would be all this hoopla on who wrote the plays if everyone thought the plays were as terrible as Tolstoy thought? You don't hear people clamoring to prove their heroes did really stupid, terrible things normally, but Shakespeare is one of the most famous of all playwrights. His works are done more than any other playwright. I think Ibsen is just number two, as a side note, and way back behind Shakespeare. And in some cases, I believe Leo may have been right. There are some downright stupid plot twists, reveals, arrangements, allusions, developments, conclusions, and phrasing. It's still way better than 99% of the stuff we pay for on our cable bill. But Billy S. is not without flaw. If it was all really Drek, would DeVere's fans still want the credit? End of Act 4. 13 minutes, 10 seconds. Act 5. Addressing some of the main prejudices. The plays show too much knowledge of the law, medicine, and military life. Well, we have no evidence that Shakespeare had the experience or training in those fields. Therefore, he could not have done it? Let's go with that. If something shows that there is too much familiarity demanded, too much awareness of a discipline, then those who do not have proof of experience cannot do it. Okay. Then riddle me this, Batman. The plays are, with all their problems, proven examples of stagecraft, well-constructed enough to be continually in production for the last 400 years. Where is the proof, the evidence, the training, the experience that any of the other proposed writers had in the theater? Plays are not written in a vacuum, nor by people who just hang around watching plays. You don't just sit down and put a bunch of dialogue together and create a work people want to stage a million times, and that stands up to critical analysis for four centuries. You need to know theater. Well, I've run out of time. Thanks for listening. We'll get back to the subject. These are the end credits for An Actor's Shakespeare. My name is Greg Robin Smith. Thank you for listening. Rule number one, 15 minutes or less. Rule number two, no more than 1.5 subjects per podcast. Number three, there will be advertising. Number four, I will do my best never to waste your time. Number five, I will be mad. As in passionate. Number six, I will fail. Number seven, these rules may change. Special thanks to Aaron Ziegler of InYourEarShakespeare.com and especially ChopBar.com, the best Shakespeare commentary podcast out there. He produces these shows. Gramercy. Give me your hands if we be friends and Robin shall restore amends.